All right, everybody, welcome back to the Jake Podcast. It is episode 84, the NFL prediction episode. This is going to be all NFL, so sorry for all the people that want to come on here for uh, talking The Bachelor and other stuff like that. This one is straight up football because it is football season. We got Labor Day weekend coming up this weekend, which means college football is in full swing. Uh, NFL players are sitting, you know, getting ready for their season to open next week. It is an exciting time. As a Browns fan myself, there has been a lot of hype into this season, so I'm excited that the season's actually here and we finally get to prove it on the field because there are a lot of haters saying that the Browns have too much hype, the Browns are being talked about too much, but to me, you know, we've gone 1-31 the previous two years. Last year we got a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of the future, and uh, I'm just excited to get here because we got a good football team and I really just want to watch them play. Got Going to the first two games of the season, uh, got to order that TV package though because I'm going to want to watch them, you know, on Sundays. It's not just going to be going to the games. I can't, you know, I can't can't be affording to do that. But anyway, what I want to do here today is go around the NFL, predict what's going to happen for all 32 teams, what's going to happen in the playoffs, and everything like that. So without further ado, here we go to the 2019 NFL season. All right, starting with the NFC East. I think this is an Eagles division all the way. I don't look at the Cowboys as much as a threat. And the Giants and Redskins, I think they're going to be kind of rounding out the division. Now, the Eagles are a solid team. They've got some of the best depth in the NFL, especially on the offensive side of the ball. they got a really good line. Their backup line can start on a lot of different teams. Uh, their group, receiver group is also experienced. And uh, they've got deep threats. They've got big receivers. They're going to dominate in the slot. Their tight end group is one of the better ones in the NFL, if not the best. And their running backs, they've got depth there too. They picked up Jordan Howard this year, who is a you know well-established, pretty good running back. And Miles Sanders from Penn State, who everyone you know is going to going to see, he can play, he can ball. So it's all about keeping Carson Wentz upright. They need to have an offense where he's going to get the ball out and he's not going to suffer a lot of hits because. If he suffers hits, if he misses some games, they don't lean on Nick Foles this year. He's gone. He's in Jacksonville. They're going to have to make sure they keep him upright. He is the key to success this season. Without him, they're an 8-8 eight eight team. With him healthy, I think they're 12-4 and four with a chance at going possibly 13-5, maybe even 14-2 and two if they sweep the Cowboys. Um, this is going to be one of my Super Bowl favorites when it comes all said and done because I think the Eagles are just too deep of a team to ignore. And... Uh, they're not that far removed from a Super Bowl run the other year. Uh, going to the next team in the division, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, I don't buy into the hype as much as other people are. I think this is a solid group, but a 9-7 and seven group. They don't have a game-changing quarterback who can take over. I know Dak Prescott's a pretty good, guy, uh, pretty good quarterback. I think he's going to earn his money this year. He does lead them to wins, but when it's all said and done, he just doesn't have the same talent that some of the quarterbacks do in this league, and I think he's a 12 to 15 range quarterback in this league, maybe even 16, 17. Um, and that's, you know, with Zeke Elliott in the fold. Right now they're dealing with him holding out. I'm sure that's an ever changing thing, but even if he does come back, I don't see him being the take them to the next level type player. I think he helps them not be bad, but he's not going to help them be great. Uh, and Amari Cooper on offense. Again, he's a number one wide receiver. They got Deck Prescott, the receiver he needs for this offense, but they are still not a game-changing, I don't think they're a 10-win team. I think they're 9-7. and seven. Uh, The next team up in this division is the New York Giants. I think they're better than people give them credit for. Uh, 
I think Daniel Jones, look, they're going to have to bring him along at their own pace. They're not going to be a Super Bowl team this year, so don't mess up his progression. They've already got Eli Manning there. He's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Send him off right in the right way, the way the Mars want to, and you can have a nice bridge to the next quarterback of Daniel Jones as long as you do it right. Uh, their defense is going to be a little bit better than people are giving credit for. It. They're young on that side of the ball. They've got some nice pieces. But, uh, again, I think this is a 6-10 to a six and ten team when, uh, when, when we're done because uh, I don't think they're the, as bad as the Redskins, who, listen, I think the Redskins are a 4-12 team. That, I don't really see the direction. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins isn't starting. Case Keenum is. Eventually, he will take over just like Daniel Jones will. Uh, he doesn't have the same running back that Daniel Jones has. Saquon Barkley is going to going to be going into year two as a possible offensive player of the year candidate. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, he's got a decent group of running backs, but big questions. Adrian Peterson's facing a, a little bit of you know getting old, and uh, Darius Geis is coming off of a major knee injury. So I am really curious to see how the Redskins move the ball because. Their wide receivers are not much of a threat. Uh, if Dotson's their number one, and Paul Richardson, and uh, Tyquan Smith, these are not the guys that you want, uh, you know, to be leading a young quarterback or uh, a, a, a veteran quarterback who's moved around and really has shown that he can't really do much without big time game players like he had in Minnesota. So I don't think the Redskins are going to be all that great this year. I think they're around four and twelve. The uh, ceiling as a six-win team. Uh, I don't think they'll be much worse than four and twelve, though. But Eagles will win this division. Cowboys will compete for a wild card spot. Moving over to the NFC South, at the bottom of the division, I do see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, I think this is one of the tighter divisions, harder to figure out divisions in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't see anyone really pulling away from the rest of the group. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just not as established, and their offensive line is very tough. They've got an offense with Bruce Arians where they're going to want to move the ball, the ball vertically downfield, and I think they're really going to just have trouble doing that without the protection needed. There's only so much game-breaking receivers can do because if you can't get them the ball, you really are lost on offense. Um, this is also another big year for Jameis Winston. It's time for him and uh, and another quarterback that I'll get to later to kind of show up and you know have the franchise decide, is this the guy you're going to sink all this money into or are you going to be drafting a new quarterback? So I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finish around 5-11 and 11 this year and I think they're going to be in the cellar of this uh, division. Next up, I think we've got the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I have a lot of questions about their offensive line and uh, if they can keep Matt Ryan upright because... Just like Tampa Bay, you know, they have a quarterback in place that can move the ball vertically. They're not too far removed from making it very far, making it to the Super Bowl and almost winning. But things have changed since then. And, you know, they need to get Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and all their, you know, good receivers like Calvin Ridley the ball. But they're going to have trouble if they can't uh, keep Matt Ryan upright. They are going to have reinforcements on defense, which is why I think this team finishes 8-8. Uh, eight and eight. Uh, but again, I just see them in a division where they might go two and four in the division. They might go four and two. It's really hard to pick the kind of what's going to happen to the Falcons this year. But again, I have them going eight and eight and I have the money outside of the playoffs. Next up is the Carolina Panthers. And just like the previous two teams in this division, 
it's really hard to figure them out because they can finish anywhere from four, first to fourth. And that's kind of how the NFC South has gone in recent years. Um, with the Panthers, they have Christian McCaffrey, who's going to be another Offensive Player of the Year type candidate. They're going to be getting the ball to, but outside of him, I have questions. And then Curtis Samuel has is showing in this preseason that he has a chance to be like that receiver that Cam Newton has been looking for for a while. But Greg Olson, getting a little older. Um, they outside of Curtis Samuel, they have DJ Moore, but. You know these are these guys are, seem like limited receivers, and uh, offensively they don't really have much of a punch. It's small guys leading the way, and Cam Newton. You know he needs to stay healthy, and the way they play him, it, you know, is not that healthy. So I think Carolina is going to be limited offensively, but I think they are a nine and seven team. Uh, their defense is pretty good, and I think uh, we're going to see Brian Burns as one of the best steals in this last draft as a first round pick from Florida State. He's going to show that, hey, getting to the edge rushers is important for winning football games, especially in this division where he can prey on the bad offensive lines. And that leads to the New Orleans Saints. Look, they have a vengeance on their schedule this year. They think they should have been in the Super Bowl, and if they're in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, who knows, maybe they win that game. Uh, I think they're going to be a really good team again. They lose Mark Ingram, so a lot is going to fall on the shoulders of Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees, another year older. We're going to have to see them kind of change the offense to make sure Drew Brees is playing as best because even though he put up really good numbers last year, he was not the threat as a quarterback as he has been in the past. Uh, Michael Thomas still one of the best at, at wide receiver, and uh, their offense will be potent. They will have the best offense in the division. And again, they have a better offensive line than anyone else in the division, in my opinion. Um, defensively, they're a pretty good unit. It's it's not bad, and I think they're are, they're also going to be the best in the division, maybe after Carolina. So I think New Orleans wins this division, and they finish around thirteen and three, maybe down to eleven and five if they uh, drop a couple games. I think they do do really well in the division though, um, and then I think Carolina also competes for a wild card spot. Now we go out to the West. Uh, the NFC West. At the bottom of the division, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think it's going to be a bit of an adjustment with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I'm not sure they're going to get off the ground running as much as people want. They go 4-12 and this year. They have a lot of really young pieces. They did a great job in this year's draft, but they have wide receivers like Danny, uh, Danny Amendola. Um, <laughs> uh, they have wide receivers like Butler and crap hold on butler and uh isabella who are going to be learning under guys like you know i think christian kirk can be that next receiver uh to be a number one guy larry fitzgerald's still there but it needs to all come together because this is a big you know culture change that's coming in with cliff kingsbury i think it's gonna be a tough year probably around three and 13 especially since i think this division's gonna be a lot of losses for them possibly zero and six in the division uh Defensively, I, I, again, they're looking for a new identity. They just had a defensive coach last year, and, uh, and he is now out. So I think the Cardinals kind of struggle this year, and they're going to be in a similar spot to where they are, uh, where they were this year. Uh, third in the division, I still have the San Francisco 49ers. I don't have them breaking through just yet. As much as I want to say they're going to be, you know, up and coming, uh, I just don't see them 
being the team I thought they were last year. Jimmy G has to prove it, and he hasn't proved it just yet. So until we see Garoppolo kind of take that next step, I don't think they can be that good. Uh, I see them being a 7-9 and nine team. And uh, look, I, I'm excited for them. I think they have got some interesting pieces uh, you know, to build their offense on. They got the young receiver uh, who's a little unproven out of Baylor. And they have uh, uh, Samuel out of USC. So they're getting some... Uh, they're getting some good players in there, but I think, again, it's going to be a, an adjustment for Shanahan and Garoppolo. He needs to prove it on the field. Defensively, look, is Nick Bosa going to make the field? You know, this, this is a guy who he sits pretty often, and uh, I think they need him to be big soon. Um, we'll see. I also, uh, I'm not entirely sure D Ford is going to be the playmaker that people want him to be. I think he was in a good spot in Kansas City, and he was pretty good there. But if they're expecting him to kind of transform the defense, I'm not sure that's going to be it. So I think of them as a 7-9 and nine team, uh, the 49ers. Coming in second in the division, uh, this is where I think, you know, again, I really want to put Seahawks ahead of the Rams, but I'm not going to do it just yet because I just don't see it happening with Seattle. They don't have enough playmakers. I know everyone's excited for DK Metcalf on the offensive side of the ball, but um, you know, right now it's just uh, it, he's still raw. And uh, Russell Wilson, he's going to have to be creative this year again. They have a running game. They're going to be kind of a boring team on offense and they're going to let their defense kind of, uh, uh, you know, win them games. But they don't have Frank Clark. So we shall see how their defense does this year. But I see them as an 8-8 eight eight team. They do well at home, and I think they might struggle on the road. They have to go to Cleveland. I think that Cleveland game in Week 6, when they travel to Ohio, I think that could be a good game, and I think the Browns could steal one there uh, where teams might think that's a Seahawks victory in years past. But, again, if you stop the run on this Seahawks team, I don't really see them winning many other games outside of them. And I think the Rams win this division by default. I, uh, I, you know, I wanted to pick someone else. I wanted to be a little bold, but I just don't see the Seahawks or Niners improving enough to uh, dethrone them. I think Sean McVay is getting a bad name for that Super Bowl right now. People are looking at that saying, oh, people figured them out. But that's not really the case. Just Bill Belichick figured them out. I think the Rams are a really good team. Offensively, they're, you know, they've got great schemes. They're going to score their points. And defensively, they have playmakers all over the field. Aaron Donald might be the best player in the NFL just because of his speed, quickness, size, uh, and strength combination that, you know, D Lyman kind of strive for. Uh, do they, I don't think they're the one seed, though. I think this team wins a couple less games, and I think they're maybe a 10 and 6 towards 11 and 5 team, but they do not get a bye. I think the byes belong to the Saints and the Eagles. But I do see them winning this division, and I see the Seahawks at 8-8 eight and eight being outside of the playoffs, uh, falling out of the playoffs this year. Uh, now on to the NFC North. I think this is going to be the most fun and entertaining division in football this year. Uh, I could realistically see a couple different teams winning this division. The one team I don't see winning the division but throwing a wrench into a lot of plans is the Detroit Lions. I think the Lions are going to be one of... Not one of the, I think they will be the best last place finisher. Uh, I look at what Matt Patricia is building there. They have a toughness to them. 
They've got a couple guys that come in there that want vengeance on their old teams. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And uh, it's it again, it's all relying on Matt Stafford, though, because uh, his team is changing. He doesn't have Golden Tate. Uh, the running back position is switching over to Carryon Johnson. And uh, they have Kenny Galladay is now trying to be a number one wide receiver with uh, Marvin Jones Jr. as his, like, number two. We'll see how that goes for them. They uh, drafted a tight end in the first round, TJ Hopkinson, who looks really awesome. But, again, this offense will uh, might be, you know, the third or fourth in a division filled with high-powered offenses and, and uh, quarterbacks. So I think the Detroit Lions finish last in this division, but I think they could possibly get up to 7-9 and nine and uh, be in this thing for quite some time. Now, the third-place finisher in this division. This was really tough for me to do because I feel like one, two, three can win this division, but this is just how I see it playing out. Um, I have the Chicago Bears kind of falling back a little bit. I think they finished nine and seven this year, and uh, I just think if teams start to figure them out, Mitchell Trubisky does not have the type of ceiling that some of these other quarterbacks do. You know, people are talking about figuring out the Rams. Jared Goff has more talent than Trubisky does at this point. And I think the Bears are going to take a slip down to 9-7. and seven. They're still a good football team, but if people figure out the quarterback position and the kicker position is still unsolved, that's two of the biggest problems in football. And I don't care how good your defense is, if people start to figure out your scheme on offense, they don't have mismatched players. They have good options like Trey Burton, like uh, Allen Robinson, like Tariq Cohen, but none of these guys are super mismatches that can take games over, and I think they're going to miss that on this offense is a go-to weapon. Uh, I think the Bears take a bit of a tumble and fall to 9-7 and seven just because of that. Uh, a lot of people think I'm crazy for saying it, but uh, that's just how it's going. Now, the top two teams, I do think both of these teams are playoff teams. I'm just not sure how it all shakes out. Um, the number two team in this division I have is the Minnesota Vikings. I have them at 10-6. and six. Uh, Look, Kirk Cousins is going into year two in this system, and I think they're going to be even better than they were last year. Uh, they were competing right to the very end of the season for a playoff spot. Uh, they fell a little short, but I think year two in this system, they're going to be much happier. 10-6, uh, and six, they have a solid, really solid defense, and Dalvin Cook, I think, on offense is finally getting into his groove. They still have their receivers. They don't have a lot of depth there at receiver because, you know, after Diggs and Thielen, they don't have a lot going on. But I think they know what they are. They know their identity. And as long as they take care of their divisional games at home, because road games are going to be tough in this division, but they need to figure out the divisional games at home and beat that third-place schedule that they have. Uh, I think they can get to 10 wins. I think they can pass the Bears this year. And uh, I think Kirk Cousins kind of gets over that little bit of a hump that people thought he, he kind of you know plateaued at last year. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook, though, watch out for him to have a really big, strong season. And number one in this division is the Green Bay Packers. Look, I went back and forth on this decision last night a lot, but I think the Packers have improved so much in the defensive backfield that that's going to be huge. That's going to be the biggest uh, difference that any team has made on, uh, on defense in this division. And they still have a pretty good front. You know, no more Clay Matthews. They, they, they lost, uh, you know, Mike Daniels is gone. 
But I think the way that they get around that is that they, their defensive backs are going to be more important because teams are going to be throwing. And I really like their defensive backfield. Uh, I think Jair Alexander was one of my favorite players in the draft uh, last year, and he's developing into a Pro Bowl-style cornerback. Um, on offense, look, you, you, you've got a great li line. that uh, Bakhtiari is, I think, my favorite offensive lineman in the league. And if, if they're protecting Aaron Rodgers and he's on the field, they're going to be a really good team, and they're going to score their points. I think uh, he, you know, they these young receivers like Allison and uh, and Strandling or whatever the, the long last name is, um, it, you know, they're going to complement Devonte Adams pretty well. Got, still got Jimmy Graham there. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to step up and be the starting running back that Aaron Rodgers has been waiting for for a long time. And I think they finally make that hump. I think they get to 10 and 6, and I think they win the division at 10 and 6. Again, you'll notice 10 and 6, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, and 7 and 9. This is a tight division. I think a lot of a lot of wins and losses back and forth in the division. Uh, it's really going to come down to who can go 4 and 2, who owns the other teams, and who uh, really makes a difference there. Okay, that's the NFC, right? I got the Packers winning. I've got the Rams winning, the Eagles winning. And the Saints winning their divisions. I think the Eagles and the Saints take the top two seeds. And the Packers and the Rams take the three and four seeds. Uh, the last two wild cards I have belonging to the Minnesota Vikings. And I think it's a dogfight for that last spot between the Bears and the Cowboys. Um, and also the, the Panthers. I see the Bears taking it. So three three. Playoff teams from the NFC North. I think that's a my big, bold prediction. All of them coming in so close to each other. All of them making the playoffs. And then out of the NFC, I see the Eagles winning the NFC. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, their depth is going to get them through this season better than anyone else's. And if they get that one seed, which I think they, they have a really good shot at, if they get that one seed and they make the Saints go to Philadelphia in January... I think that's going to be a huge advantage for them. So I'm looking for the Philadelphia Eagles to win the div uh, win the division, win the one seed, and win the conference. And I think the Saints are going to come up just short again. And I think we're going to start to see a bit of a fall from Drew Brees' play this year. Now, off to the AFC. We'll start with the East. I think this is a pretty easy division to pick because the Patriots have not loosened their grip at all on the East. Uh, I think they're going to win the division at another 12-4 and four season and get a bye like they have been every year. They're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, but we'll get to that later. We all know what they are. Um, they are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and they change their offense to what they have and what they need on a weekly basis. This year, I think they're going to be running the ball heavily. They have a really good backfield between James White the rookie Damian Williams, Rex Burkhead being like their four-string running back, and my guy Sonny Michelle, who I just think between those four, they're always going to have easy options in the running game, guys that can receive the ball out of the backfield. It's going to be tough to sack Tom Brady this year. People want to say, who's the toughest player to tackle in the NFL? And I think it's Tom Brady strictly because he never has the ball in his hands. He gets rid of it so fast. You're never going to be able to hit them. And I think the teams that are worried about getting to Tom Brady are going to realize that's going to be hard no matter what because their offense is going to be about getting the ball out quickly. No Gronk, I don't see that being a problem for this team. 
as they go to 12 and 4. Maybe Gronk comes back for the playoffs, but I think that's a little bit more of just wishful thinking and Patriots fans, you know, kind of just uh, giving them that one. Regardless, 12 and 4 division winners. Now, next up in the division, I do have the New York Jets coming in at 9 and 7. I think they're a pretty good football team. Uh, they had. A lot of questions on offense last year. Their defense was pretty good, and they had a lot of good pieces. And they added to that with Quinn and Williams. And Greg Williams is going to be coaching them. We'll see what Greg Williams' chops are made out of. Last year, a lot of people loved what he did in Cleveland, except for Cleveland fans. You know, the Browns fans saw up close and personal what he did do and what he didn't do, and where he lined up Jabril Peppers, and where he had things, you know, when things went south. Uh, it's it's he's not as great as his fiery passion will lead lead you to believe, but they do have a lot of talent there. Uh, I think uh, Jamal Adams is going to quickly show that he's one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, the Jets at nine and seven, uh, they they are surrounding Darnold with a lot of good offensive weapons. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to get the ball, and I think he's going to show people that he hasn't missed a beat because he has prepared himself plenty. So. Their wide receivers, though, however, and, and tight ends, they're going to be without Herndon. Uh, they are going to be without a couple linebackers, too. So they are thin in different areas. And I don't love their receivers. I like Quincy Anunua. I like Robbie Anderson. I like Jamison Crowder. But it, I, I don't love them. Uh, I think they still uh, really lack a number one threat. And that might be what they uh, what keeps them out of the playoffs at the end of the day. But 9-7, and seven, they're going to be in it right at the very end we'll see if they get a wild card spot next up is the buffalo bills i think the bills are a seven and nine team i think they're a good squad i like them i want to root for them i think josh allen takes some big steps forward however uh they are limited on offense because i don't really know what they're doing at running back Lashawn mccoy is 31 years old that's never really a good thing he had a very down year last year so we'll see if uh if they develop something at the running back position i just don't like it i think if they're going to stick with that identity if they're going to do what baltimore and uh, seattle is doing they don't have the running backs to do it just yet uh they're also lacking wide receivers too and cole beasley was a solid pickup but josh allen wants to push the ball downfield and cole beasley is an intermediate option. One of the things Allen needs to work on is his checkdowns and his accuracy, and that's not going to help with Cole Be Beasley. He's good for accurate quarterbacks. He is not good for inaccurate quarterbacks. Uh, so we'll see how they do uh, down the field. They do have uh, the young guy Foster and Zay Jones, um, but I, th I think those are also reserve wide receivers. I don't think they are starters. Offensively, I think this is a team that they hope they can get 17 points and win 17-15 games. And I don't know how often that's going to work, especially in a division where you might have two playoff teams. Uh, they will be better than the Miami Dolphins, though. I don't like the Dolphins this year. I think uh, this is a team that, come cut down day, they're going to be trading a couple pieces. They're going to be moving guys that, uh, that you know, names like Kenny Stills. Uh, they might trade Laramie Tunsil. They might be looking at the writing on the wall saying, look, we can dis uh, display Josh Rosen even if he's not our quarterback of the future. We can use him in a trade bait, maybe move him for to a team that retires a quarterback this next offseason, maybe a team like Indianapolis who just lost Andrew Luck, or if uh, Philip Rivers or, or uh, 
uh, or if Cincinnati moves on from uh, uh, Andy Dalton, or if Ben Roethlisberger retires, or if New Orleans is not set at their position after Drew Brees, maybe that's what Miami is doing is showcasing because I think they're going to be drafting number one in the pretty you know near future. Uh, I think they'll win a couple upset games. They might uh, keep one team out of the playoffs with a ba- uh, with a bad victory, but I think they're three and thirteen. I think that's uh, kind of where they sit this year. Uh, they might surprise though. I do like Brian Flores as a head coach, uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't keep them out because if they do well, look to Flores as head coach of the year because he's the type of guy that he can take untalented groups and make them really good based on you know his his work ethic and stuff like that that people love. Okay, moving over to the South, uh, another division that I think is going to be really competitive. One thing that I know uh, about this division is the questionable quarterbacks, right? Andrew Luck just retired. Uh, Nick Foles is going in as a starter in Jacksonville, and I don't really know who's starting in Tennessee. So the one question I don't have is about the Houston Texans, and that's with Deshaun Watson. Now, they do need to protect him, and I bet right now they're working on uh, improving his, his, his protection, uh, specifically at the left tackle position. I know they just drafted some guys. They look to the draft to do that, but they need to seriously understand how dire this situation is. You just saw Andrew Luck retire, Luck retire at the age of 29 with a great offensive line in front of him, but the wear and tear on his body from previous years was too much to keep up with, and I think Houston needs to know that that needs to be addressed right now, especially that Deshaun Watson has been hit so often. Um, if they make that upgrade, I think the Texans can be a great team. They have a very good defense, with or without Clowney, who if they move Clowney, they're going to get some good return for that. Maybe they can get picks that they can flip for a left tackle. Maybe they get Trent Williams. Maybe they make a move for Laramie Tunsil. Or maybe they move to Philadelphia and get Andre Dillard, who they really should have drafted in the first round anyway. Um, Regardless, I think Houston is the best team in this division by a good amount now that Luck is retired. And I think this team goes 13-3, possibly 6-0 in the division. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if he stays healthy, he could have a monster year, looking at 1,600 yards. All right, next up in this division, uh, I think this is going to be a dogfight for the second spot, but I think the I think the 8-8 eight eight Indianapolis Colts. I like Jacoby Brissett. I think he does a pretty good job uh, behind this offensive line of keeping them in games, and I think... Uh, you know, just between their offensive line, uh, they have a good stable of running backs. They have a pretty good group of wide receivers. I think the offense is good enough to keep them in a lot of games and hopefully get them to a plateau of, you know, just short of the playoffs. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. I think Frank Reich is a really good coach. And I think defensively they've made improvements, but they're not there just yet. They're going to fall short in this division. It's how they do outside of this division, how they do playing that uh, second-place schedule. You know, they're going to have to deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to have to deal with a couple pretty good football teams this year outside of their division. And I think 8-8 is kind of their ceiling. And I do think they reach it because I like Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think this is a team that in a year from now may be competing for a much higher draft pick. But as currently you know stated, they are a good football team, and they're going to be in a lot of games. 
and uh, I, I, I just, I like them for that, for those purposes. Now, third in this division, I think this can, this is where it can get interesting. Um, a lot of people have the Jaguars finishing as the fourth place team. I don't. I think they're going to jump up and get to the third place spot at around six and ten. Um, you have Nick Foles, and I think he's going to be less than what was advertised in Philadelphia. They're going to have problems at the quarterback position. They aren't going to protect him as well as he got in Philadelphia. And they also need to be able to blow some running lanes for Leonard Fournette because they've invested a lot in that position. Uh, and they don't have a lot of wide receiver help. So uh, their offense is going to struggle this year. But their defense, we know, is such a solid group that I think they keep them in games. And I think now, outside of Houston, there are some very winnable divisional games. And I think that's where they clean up and possibly do well. If they can get to 4-2 and two in the division, uh, I think that's what gets them to you know 4-2, and two, maybe 3-3. Three and three Because I know that beating Houston is going to be tough. But if they could do that, I think that's what gets them uh, to this respectability level. Because uh, their defense is so strong. And they added Josh Allen, another pass rusher, that he's going to be a monster for them. So I think around 6-10 and 10 is what the Jaguars are going to be. And I think that's good enough for third in this division because I do think the Titans are going to fall. I know they've had a couple years of 9-7. and seven. I know they've been right on the cusp of the playoffs. They made it one year. They missed it last year. It came down to the final week, I think, both times. But I think we finally see this year, just like Jameis Winston in Tampa, it's a put-up-or-shut-up year for Marcus Mariota. Um, they have a week one game with the Browns. They're going into Cleveland, and we don't even know if Mariota's going to be the starter or if they're going to go to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they have Delaney Walkers on the wrong side of 30. They have wide receivers like Corey Davis, who really haven't been able to separate themselves as a first-round pick yet. And their running back game, I like the combination of Henry and Deion Lewis. I think that's the right way to go. You have a guy that can ground a pound and a very good receiver out of the backfield. But, uh, again, Taylor Lewan's going to be suspended for four games, too, to start the season. How do they get over that? How do uh, they move on from, you know, from a possibly tough start if Taylor Lewan is out? Uh, if they're 1-3, what are the problems that they face? So I think the Titans finish up this year at 5-11, and 11, last in the division, and I think they are going to be one of those teams that's possibly searching for a quarterback come draft time. So, uh, in this division, I have the Houston Texans winning it, and I really only see that as the only playoff team uh, joining the Patriots as possibly the other bye team. Now, we move over to the West, a very good division in itself. Uh, leading off, I think the Chargers win this division. Uh, a lot of people were so infatuated with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City offense last year. And again, they are really great. They lose Kareem Hunt, and we don't really have an answer for them on offense. Now, is that the end of the world? For, or uh, I'm sorry, not on offense, on the in the running field. Um, is that a major concern? Probably not. We know that this is a passing offense. This is a passing league. But I think one of the big appeals to them was they could beat you any which way. Um do teams figure out Mahomes? I don't know if there's anything to figure out. He's just got the strongest arm in the league, and uh, he can throw across his body, whereas no other quarterback really can, maybe Aaron Rodgers. So I think uh, his risk-taking might backfire a little bit this year. Tyreek Hill, I still think, is just a one-trick pony. I think the Chiefs are a really good team, but I think the Chargers 
outside of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, are one of the most well-rounded teams in the NFL. And uh, it sounds like Melvin Gordon's going to come back for week one. They have a great group of receivers, even after losing uh, Tyrell Williams to the, uh, the Raiders. But uh, they've got a great group of receivers. they got a great running back group. Uh, if their line is finally healthy, they can protect Phillip Rivers, who this might be his big year. I think they win 12 to 13 games. I think 12 and 4 is going to be what they finish up with. Uh, Derwin James' injury is huge. I think that's what keeps them away from that number one seed because that's just a personality and a leader in the locker room that they really liked having. But they still have one of the better defensive fronts in the league that the fact that Denzel Perryman might not even see the field all that much just shows how deep they are at the linebacker and front seven position. So uh, the Chargers win this division 12-4. and four. The Chiefs, though, I do think is a playoff team. Like I said before, They've got a really deep offense. They've got uh, a tight end, wide receiver, quarterback combo that's hard to beat in the NFL. But uh, they trade away D Ford. They did bring in Frank Clark. Um, their defense gets a boost there. But I think this is an 11-5 and team because I think they will see that their division is improved. And if they uh, if they drop a couple in the division, that's my, that might be what costs them their division crown again. Um Coming in third in this division, I think, will be the Denver Broncos. Not much of a surprise there because uh, they're a solid team. I think Joe Flacco keeps them afloat long enough, but you wonder, uh, is this really the answer? Or are they ready to uh, turn it over? Uh, they you know, they drafted a rookie quarterback in the second round who uh, a lot of people are excited about, but at the end of the day, it's second-round pick, second-round pick. So, uh, you know, I don't think Drew Locke is the answer for them. And uh, um, I think they're going to have to eventually move on uh, from Flacco because I think they're just a 7-9 and nine team. They're going to beat bad teams and they're going to lose to good teams. That's just the way I see the Broncos going this year. Uh, Von Miller, one of the best defensive players in the league, but I just don't see this offense scoring with some of the best groups that they're going to have to face. You know, the Chargers and the Chiefs, are two of the best offenses in the league, and they have that's four games right off the bat. I think they, you know, one and three would be lucky for the Broncos to go one and three against those two teams. So that's just right there. And then if they split with the Oakland Raiders and go two and four in the division, you know, that's a bad start for a team that, uh, you know, a lot of people think might compete for a playoff spot. So uh, Broncos third in the division at seven and nine. I think following up, we got four and 12 Oakland Raiders. Uh, I like Derek Carr. I think Antonio Brown is still on his game, one of the best receivers in the NFL. Tyrell Williams, nice complimentary piece. They got, uh, you know, they have a, a running back group led by a rookie that people are excited about. What's not to love, right? Um, you know what? They just play in a too tough of a division, and I think Antonio Brown, he does bring his distractions. Uh, it's, I mean, it's pretty well proven. I don't want to be the guy to drag receivers. I don't want to be the guy to like, you know, talk shit about these players, but it's proven that Antonio Brown can be a bit of a handful. So we shall see how that works out for the, uh, the Oakland Raiders. But I do kind of think this is a more people focus on the names on the back of the Jersey more than the fact that, you know, this is a group of, Le this is Legos right now. They're just a, a bunch of pieces that aren't put together. And uh, I think that'll come to bite them in the butt. Um, coming in last in the division, 4-12 Oakland Raiders. Now, 
moving on. This is the show we all wanted to, to hear, you know, all episode long. I'll start with the Bengals finishing fourth in the AFC North. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a very lost team. Andy Dalton at quarterback, I, I, I he, I don't know. It just, it's not working for me. They are not gonna be able to protect anyone back there, whether it's Jeff Driscoll, whether it's Andy Dalton, whether it's Ryan Finley. I, I think they have a very below average group of quarterbacks, and they have a one of the worst lines in the NFL. And I think that will end up haunting them the most. They have a good running back. You know, they have Mixon out of Oklahoma, but I'm not sure how much work Mixon's gonna uh, gonna get when they're losing all these games, or he get just gets you know fourth quarter bushes of, of yards because they're already down twenty something points. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be in the hunt for the first overall pick, and I think they go three and thirteen, and I think they do get the number one overall pick. That's my pick, Cincinnati Bengals. Third in the division, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. This is an eight and eight team, and they are Seattle of the AFC. Lamar Jackson is a extremely talented quarterback, but his inaccuracy is going to bite them. They have an offense that's really that's really just relying on the running game and the tight ends. Their wide receivers are poor, to say the least. And I think that's going to be limiting them in too many matchups. Um, they did luck out. They have this, um, you know, they have a, a defense that's still really good, and they typically... Uh, replace their lost players well so they lost cj mosley but i'm uh, i'm not i'm not doubting them in uh being able to replace him they lost Darius smith i i don't doubt that they'll be able to replace him either i think the baltimore ravens though they are just gonna have to rely on lamar jackson's arm a lot of times and i don't like that one bit when it comes to the passing game lamar jackson is a lower half of the nfl quarterback he can't run it all the time He's also, you know, these injuries might catch up to him. Like, or not injuries, but these hits that he's going to be taking all the time, they may catch up to him. Um, I do think between their running backs and Mark Ingram, they are going to have a really strong rushing attack. And that's going to win them games uh, a lot of times against bad teams. But is it enough against the high-powered offenses? They're going to have to play New England. They're going to have to play Kansas City. They're going to have to play Houston. Um, are they good enough to win those games? I don't think so. I think they go 8-8, eight and eight, and I think they finish third in this division. Now, the moment you all want to, I'll just go right into the first place team. I think the Cleveland Browns win the AFC North. Now, a lot of things have to go right for that to happen. I know I'm a homer. I know I'm a huge Browns fan, and I know I will defend them at all times, and I always pick them to win the division. Here's why it will happen. Or we'll start with why it won't happen, okay? Because everyone wants to, to hear that side of things because I always pump up the bounce. They have serious issues. I've been talking about the tackles for a long time. That they have journeyman tackles. Greg Robinson on the left and Chris Hubbard on the right. A lot of people say Campen is the new offensive line coach. He's going to be able to coach them up. Under Freddie Kitchens, the offense got the ball out fast and Baker wasn't pressured a lot in the second half. I understand those, but... Those offensive tackles did really well, much better than they have throughout their careers. Are we going to really, you know, just assume they do that well again? I don't like those odds. 
I think there's going to be a little bit of regression from the tackle position. Now, are they going to be able to make upgrades? Maybe, but I doubt it. Um, I don't see uh, a cheap enough upgrade out there that they can make right now. I think the Browns, though, you know, outside of the offensive line, it's it's about protecting quarterback because uh, if they can't protect Baker, this offense is going to suffer. And uh, they're going to need to open up the running lanes for Chubb and Hunt uh, to also give Baker time. And also, you know, if things start to go poorly for the Browns, you know, do these personalities start to creep up? I don't think that will be an issue that a lot of people are saying it will be. People are saying, what's going to happen when the Browns start losing? I think Baker's got the type of attitude that can bring everybody together, even in the bad times. But it is a good question. It is fair to bring up that when these things start to go wrong, you have loud guys, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. It's going to have to be brought back all together. So uh, that's something that just, you know, they're going to have to work on if things go poorly. And defensively, look, they had a very bad rush defense last year. And it was less so about the defensive tackles, even though they made the the uh, the big upgrade signing Sheldon Richardson. I think that's a huge upgrade, but they have a new scheme this year. Uh, they're allowing Miles Garrett a lot more freedom with his pass rush moves. They have Olivier Vernon at opposite of Garrett, who it, it's going to be really great having Olivier Vernon as the second best pass rusher. Uh, and their depth at the end, I think, is actually pretty good. A lot of people were worried before, but I think if Chad Thomas continues to improve and Chris Smith is out there, uh, they have a good group of DNs. And then Jannard Avery will move down on sub packages to play DN as well. Uh, but interior, I am worried about the interior defensive line depth. Uh, Ogan Jomi and Shelton Richardson are, are was one of the best D-tackle combos. But uh, again, if they're always rushing up the field, that might leave some holes. And uh, as much as I like Joe Schober, and I think he's underrated, he does make tackles pretty far down the field sometimes. And Chris Kirksey, you know, he has, uh, let's just say he's had better days before him. Uh, I, I don't, I think he's towards the latter half of his NFL career. And they're D-backs. Look, they're, Demarius Randall, I think, is setting in nicely as a starting safety. And I think their group of corners is good. But Denzel Ward's got to make sure he keeps his, his head on because he's had a couple concussions now. And uh, they're starting safety across from Randall right now. It looks like Burnett, but it could be Whitehead. It could be Redwine. It could be a bunch of different guys because really no one has gone out and won that job. Uh, but, of course, the biggest issue outside of right guard, which I didn't even get to that, they did make a trade for a Wyatt Teller. So we'll see how that works out. But um, the biggest issue is kicker. And a lot of people say, does kicker really matter? Is like, why are we focusing on kicker so much? Do you not remember last year? They would have won week one if they had a kicker against Pittsburgh Steelers, which they tied. They had multiple chances to win that game with the kicking game, and they lost. Um, week two against the New Orleans Saints, they missed four kicks that game, and they lost at the buzzer. So they should have started 2-0 theoretically if they had a kicker. And it just haunted them throughout the season because they started going for two in different places. They they started going for it on fourth downs when it kind of uh, you know was just a little all over the place. They missed kicks in very crucial times. They almost tied the Baltimore Ravens because of a, uh, of, of a bad kick again. And uh, and it cost them in Tampa Bay as well. So it, I looked at a 7-8-1 and one football team last year that could have been a winning record and won the division had they had a kicker. So for people to say kicker doesn't matter, you're wrong. It's maybe the second most important position 
in the NFL uh, because you you just you don't want to hear about a kicker. You want him to make the kicks when you send him out there, and that's the one thing the Browns don't have right now. Austin Seibert won the job by default, I guess. I think they're still going to make a move at the position. I don't think the kicker that's going to start uh, week one is actually on the team. Now, those are the negatives about the Browns. And if they do figure out kicker, if they get a veteran kicker to come in and start week one, and if Denzel Ward doesn't get injured, which isn't a lot to ask because, you know, it, it, like you know, injuries don't happen all that often, I think their defense and their special teams is going to be improved from last year just based on the additions they got of Greedy Williams, of Sheldon Richardson. And, and their special teams unit didn't do anything at all last year. They missed kicks. They didn't get a special teams or defensive touchdown last year. I think that's going to change this year. So their fortune is due on that on those two aspects of the ball. But offense, if they can keep Baker Mayfield upright, this is one of the better offenses in the NFL. Just based on names alone, and they have a, co a coach who has been working with this quarterback and has shown that he can move the ball and score the ball. Think about last year, what this Browns offense was able to do in the second half and replace Brashad Perriman with replace Brashad Perriman with Odell Beckham Jr. and replace Carlos Hyde with Kareem Hunt. Those are the two upgrades that the Browns have made at the skill positions alone. Demetrius Harris is also a pretty decent uh, reserve tight end that they've added, but look at this wide receiver group of Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway when he comes back, Rashard Higgins, who I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL, Derek Willies, Damian Ratley, and this group is very deep at wide receiver. David Njoku is going to get open looks a lot, and if he could just focus on his hands, he is going to have a big year, big red zone target. He's a favorite of Baker Mayfield. They've worked together a lot over the second half of last year. And, of course, if this line protects Baker and if they are creating holes, they've got one of the best running back combos in the league, probably the best when Kareem Hunt comes back in Week 9. Uh, Nick Chubb is, is just super underrated. I think uh, he will split some carries with Kareem Hunt for the second half of the year. But in the meantime, they have a great running game. They have a good receiving group, and they have a quarterback that has MVP caliber skill set. I think the Cleveland Browns win this division. I don't think it's crazy to say they go 11-5, and and uh, I am just really excited for this team. Pittsburgh, I think they do come in second. I think they just have enough clout to get past the Baltimore Ravens, even without Bell, even without Brown. I think Schuster's a good wide receiver. I think... Um, they, they have enough guys like Moncrief and uh, – not Moncrief. Is Moncrief? Whatever. Uh, they have enough wide receiver depth there like uh, um, like the UNC kid, uh, Switzer. And uh, James Washington, I think, is going to make a next uh, a step up. I think Jalen Samuels and, uh, and, and James Conner are going to be a nice combo in the backfield too. They still have a pretty good offensive line. Their defense just keeps getting better and better. Devin Bush is going to be a pain in the ass for AFC North opponents for a while. Uh, I don't think their DBs are as good as advertised. Artie Burns and uh, and Jalen and, and Joe Hayden, I think, are very burnable, and uh, you know, pun intended. And uh, I think if they're going to be covering guys like Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, you're going to have problems. Um, uh, they did pick up was it Steven Nelson? Was that who they picked up? Who's a decent corner? He's a little overpaid now, but uh, you know. In this offense, in in this league where you're going to need three cornerbacks a lot of the time, 
I don't think they have three cornerbacks. I don't. I think they barely have one. So I think the Cleveland Browns win this division. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers compete for a playoff spot at nine and seven. And back to the playoffs we go. So I think the Patriots are one of the buy teams, and I think the Chargers and Texans battle it out for the second buy team. Um, and I think the Browns get the fourth divisional win. And then the two playoff teams are the Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Jets just miss out of the playoffs due to tiebreaker bullshit. Um, in the playoffs, and I didn't do this for the NFC because I think it could just be—it's going to be a big wash with the NFC, NFC North. But um, in the playoffs, I do see the Browns winning their home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Although that probably wouldn't be the matchup. They'd probably get uh, the Chiefs at home. So I think they do win a game. And then I think they go up to New England. And I think they beat the Patriots. And then I think they beat the motherfucking Chargers at home. Or whoever they get at wherever they get. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to the Super Bowl. And that's my big prediction. Is that the Cleveland Browns win the motherfucking Super Bowl over the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I know it's a homer pick. I know it'd be easier to just say the Chargers are going to win the win the AFC and then lose to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I know that's what what I would say if I wasn't a Browns fan, but I am a Browns fan and I am excited for this season. It's going to be a big year, uh, even if they're not winning games right off the bat. They have a tough first half. I mean, they they open the gate right. You know, they play Tennessee, who has had two back to back winning seasons. Then they go to New York on Monday Night Football, who's an improved team. Then they got the Los Angeles Rams week three on Sunday night football. Okay, this there's no there's no breaths yet. Um, then they got at Baltimore, home or, or at Baltimore, then at San Francisco on Monday night football, then home against the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, this is just a gauntlet to start the season. And then they get the Patriots after their bye week, uh, and, and then Pittsburgh twice after that. They do finish the season with Cincinnati, the Cardinals, Cincinnati, three of their last four games. And they have uh, the Dolphins and Buffalo in there as well uh, as uh, Denver. Of all games that I think they can win, you know, they need to beat the bad football teams because they're going to have their hands full in the beginning of the season. But what kind of Browns fan would I be if I didn't predict a Cleveland Browns Super Bowl? So thank you for listening to this episode of The Jake. This has been the 2019 NFL preview, and uh, I, I appreciate it. This is episode 84. Everyone, enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and uh, go Browns.